Welcome to Press Robot Trackers and Steve Loser Classics. Today we'll be talking about Black Man from the end of Side 3 on Songs, of the, Songs in the Key of Life. Uh, released on the 28th of September 1976. Co-written by Gary Bird, these days known as Imhotep Gary Bird. Uh, at the time he was a journalist, I think, and radio DJ. Uh, and Stevie reached out to him on a couple of occasions for this particular album. Uh, previously we've discussed his lyrics for Village Ghetto Land. Uh, and also, he basically writes the the lyrics for this particular, um, you know, this particular song. Um, and uh, on the track, we've got Stevie Wonder, who is playing the Fender Rhodes, some synthesizers. He's playing the talk box as well. He's got the Moog bass, uh, everything that you expect. Uh, we've got Hank Red playing both alto and tenor saxophone. Steve Medio on uh, trumpet. Uh, and then we have two trombonists, George Bohanon, I think, and Glenn Ferris. Uh, the track is 8 minutes 27, and joining me to talk about today is Victor Azevedo. Hello, Victor. Hey, Darren. Now, I think it's kind of obvious that Stevie didn't write these lyrics. Uh, not that Stevie could not have written these lyrics, um, but they are basically written as a history lesson, mm-hmm. um, and it feels it feels kind of similar to the way that Village Ghetto Land ha- is very kind of like politically conscious. Mm-hmm. Um now, there's something I feel needs to be addressed, which is the way that Stevie refers to certain races within this song, or Gary Bird, or Imhotep Gary Bird, as he's known these days. Um, I I think, like, the kind of... Um, the way that, that he's kind of talking about different skin colours is something that these days... I, I don't know that anybody would ever kind of refer to people this way. Yeah. Um, you know, he talks about, um, you know, the, the ground we stand with the first flag flag held in our hand was the was first the red man's. And I don't think anybody would refer to Native Americans these days as red, nope. uh, in particular, the controversy with the Washington Redskins and the fact that they're called the Washington Redskins, yeah. I think kind of shows that that is that is not a, a kind of term that people would use these days. And the same is true of when he says, you know, the railroads for trains came tracking that was laid by the yellow man. Um, you know, now obviously this was a subject twenty one years ago in the Big Lebowski, <laughs> a subjective <laughs> discussion about the use of the term Chinaman, and you know he's not talking about the people who kind of you know built the railroads, mm. um, you know, and so obviously this is something that's you know pretty well known within American culture, uh, but I think to anyone from my country or even to my guest country. Nope. Uh, the the kind of the Chinese laying the railroads is something that I I don't think we particularly know that much about, yeah. uh, but in this case obviously it's you know it's defined as by the yellow man, and again I I just do not think that anybody would refer to um, you know kind of anyone who is kind of Asian these days as yellow like yeah. that's you know um, it's like obviously during kind of um, the Second World War, particularly following you know Pearl Harbor, you obviously had stuff like the Yellow of Peril, yeah. and you know it's I, I, it's just not a term that I think people would really use. And obviously you know in discussing this song, you know we are going to have to kind of mention those lyrics. But I personally like I don't think that it is something that kind of I I mean I, I don't know how often Stevie Wonder plays this song these days <laughs> when he performs live, but I'm gonna guess he probably if he does he's probably made some slight amendments to the lyrics. Yeah. Uh, because it just doesn't feel like those terms. And I mean obviously I don't want to say the words politically correct. Um, but it just doesn't it, like that. You know, 
basically they aren't politically correct like i I just don't think that people um you know now obviously people who are native american or you know people who are asian should they wish to refer to themselves by those those kind of uh, you know those kind of colors then obviously you know they would be free to do that but i personally would not kind of you know want to do that now later on in the song um, you know, as we get to kind of the extended fade out that lasts for about two minutes and we get like this kind of history lesson, yeah. uh, we're given a list of different people. Um, and, you know, there's reference to Squanto being a red man and Sacagawea being a red woman and Sing Ki being a yellow man. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I like I don't I just don't think that the kind of the refrains of, you know, um, you know who was a famous educator and semantist who made outstanding contributions um, to education in America? Hayakawa, a yellow man. I just yeah. don't think that the kind of. I mean, obviously, the the thing is as well the kind of the the chorus. Interestingly, the kind of like the chorus itself uh, says, "We pledge allegiance all our lives to the magic colors red, blue, and white." But we must be given the liberty to defend with justice, not for all men. History will be repeated again. It's time we learn this world was made for all men. So yeah. I think kind of the use of red, white, red, blue and white. Again, not red, white and blue. I almost yeah. said red, white and blue then. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, red, blue and white, obviously, because it's uh, Stevie or Gary Bird in this case is trying to get a rhyme there. So yeah. um, because it's referred to, like because the colors are referred to there to the like the colors of the American flag. Yeah. I think obviously the refrains of the different colors of the people that are being talked about in this song, yeah. which have all been talked about in a positive way. This is the thing. Yeah, um, I, I think the kind of the, 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 the kind of the, the use of shorthand for the different skin colors um, is you know obviously meant to be a way to kind of say it's not just kind of you know white people who have contributed stuff to america yeah um you know there are obviously um you know african-americans or native americans or you know asians or um you know uh, i I mean i don't know if that you would say hispanics but uh, you know in particular they're referred to within the song as like as having brown skin uh but basically anybody who isn't you know pale white men which is the kind of yeah. you know who is normally kind of put at the center of history um the song this song is kind of you know about you know the other people basically and uh, you know for people who don't know stuff this is like it's kind of interesting that he he kind of brings up these these different kind of people yeah. um you know and and the fact that he chooses to set this to music and also makes it like an eight minute song <laughs> at the end of the third side yeah you know it's starting this starting this third side with like isn't she lovely and then having you know joy inside my tears which is you know a a wonderful song but then finishing with this kind of history lesson again it shows the kind of diversity on this album like of different subjects that stevie is is going to cover even within the space of three songs he's going to go from like his own personal joy to um you know attempting to kind of teach americans about the contributions that have been made to the country yeah. by you know other people of other races basically yeah yeah because the set the sentiments in the right the sentiments there and his heart's in the right place it's just like two white guys should be saying calling people yellow and whatever colors or anything like that but it's just it it's an interesting history lesson too the other thing is too just remember that this was what this was 76, am I right? Is it 76? Because this would have yeah. been around the time of uh, the Bicentennial as well. Uh, the yes. US Bicentennial. So there might be some feelings about that as well. That might go back to the way the lyrics is kind of saying, well, you guys, look, I don't, look, I wasn't, I don't remember that Bicentennial, but I remember the Australian one when in, in 1988 and how big a 
it was this really weird kind of feeling between you know us white settlement here and then the aboriginal here and so forth so i got a feeling there would have been the same kind of sentiment there at that time as well where you've got you know independence and so forth but then you've got you know the, the Native Americans were there and they were there before them and so forth. So, like, it, it's in, the, the heart's totally in the right place, but it's just, like, it's that thing. Like, we're looking at a song, you know, what, 30, 40, almost 40 and a bit years later, it's not going to look good. You probably, like, if someone wrote this song now, they might still use black man, but I definitely don't think they'd use red man or brown man or maybe even yellow man. There's no way in how, no way they would ever do that. But it's just said, yeah. But it's just kind of like it's, and so the other thing is, so when you're talking about how long this song is, it's one of the things I don't like about it. I kind of like the song itself, but it just kind of like, it just drags a bit. I don't know why. I don't like it's like we're talking about Prince. We've always talked about Prince, but like, like Prince has certain songs that are you know eight minutes long, and you know he needs the eight minutes. This one, I'm not sure he needs the eight minutes. He could have probably cut off a couple of minutes or moved the 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 bit with the refrain with the children at, at like a little bit earlier or something like that. You might even put it. You might even put it instead of some instead of another verse maybe. But it's like it's said. It's a it's that weird song because we're looking through it our eyes now. But it's just like it, it's, it hearts in the right place just don't know in <laughs> 2019 it would be something you'd, someone would do right now i mean there is a, a, a stevie directly references the bicentennial when he yeah. says now i know the birthday of a nation is a time when a country celebrates but as your hand touches your heart remember we all played a part in america yeah. to help that banner wave so he does make a direct reference to that yeah um now i, I it makes me think of course that um you know uh, first of all, I don't know why you would celebrate some unruly colony deciding to separate from the <laughs> motherland, but, you know, I mean... I think you might be biased. In the same way, I don't know why a prison colony would feel the need to celebrate the fact that a bunch of prisoners were dropped off there. It feels yeah. like that's not something you would celebrate. Yeah, well. um, but, uh, you know, it, it makes me think of the film Days to Confused, where the teacher, as the bell sounds, and obviously, you know, that, that's set in 1976, and yeah. it's set with the bicentennial, yeah. she says, this summer when you're being inundated with all this american bicentennial fourth of july brouhaha don't forget what you're celebrating yep. it's the fact that a bunch of slave-owning aristocratic white males <laughs> didn't want to pay their taxes <laughs> and so that's a quote that has stuck for me i mean i don't know when days of confused came out now more than 20 something years ago um because you know that is kind of the most realistic kind of assessment of what america was founded on which mm. is a bunch of guys who didn't want to pay taxes yeah um, and so i think it's interesting here that stevie you know, he kind of, you know, he makes a feint to that. He's almost like, you look, you know, uh, like remember kind of the birth of a nation, you know, the birthday of a nation. He does not say birth of a nation. No, that, no. Would be, nope. that would have completely nope. different overtones. Um, <laughs> you know, he says, you know, I know the birthday, the birthday of a nation is a time when a country celebrates. So, you know, he's kind of he's mentioning that. But then the fact that he kind of talks about all these different people, you know, he talks about, you know, Crispus Atucas, um, you know, he talks about uh, Pedro Alonso Nino. Um, you know, who, you know, was a, a, an African slave who kind of, you know, manned um, Columbus's ships. 
Um, you know, later on, he mentions the first heart surgery was done by, you know, Daniel Hale Williams, um, who is a black, you know, uh, a former black, you know, black doctor. Uh, he mentions, you know, Cesar Chavez, um, who, you know, obviously was a civil rights leader. Um, interesting enough, he talks about, he says, incandescent light was invented to give sight <laughs> by the white man. So occasionally he will reference the white man and yeah. it's never in a really good kind of context. Um, you know, he talks about, you know, uh, Benjamin uh, Banneker, who, you know, made a number of different inventions, including kind of like, you know, the first clock. Um, you know, he mentions Sacagawea helping Lewis and Clark. Obviously, you know, without yeah. her, you know, these two white guys would have just got lost. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting that he says, you know, use of martial arts in our country got its start by a yellow man, <laughs> which is obviously a reference to Bruce Lee. But he doesn't yeah. have people do the refrain of Bruce Lee, interestingly enough. Nah. Um, you know, and I think obviously, I think Bruce Lee was... Um, only half Chinese, half American, I think. And he says, of course, you know, the, the leader with the pen signed his name to free all men was a white man, mentioning <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. Now, I think, here's the funny thing, obviously, like, you know, if, if you want to take credit and be like, yes, a white man freed the slaves, it's like, yeah, because everybody else was slaves. There was no black politician who could have signed the bill to free the slaves because that wasn't a thing. They yeah. weren't allowed to stand for office. They weren't allowed to vote. Yeah. So the fact that a white man freed the slaves is because that's the only person who could have freed the slaves yeah. because that was the person owning the slaves. Yeah. So, again, that's not an achievement. That's just a matter of fact. Mm. Um, and, you know, we get the refrain of the chorus, uh, you know, a few times throughout this song before we kind of get this the final verse, which is, Mostly, you know, kind of uh, the world was made for all men and, you know, all people or babies or children. Kind of Stevie doing the classic thing of kind of just saying different things over and over and kind of yeah. repeating them, you know, all colours, all races, this world, my world, your world. Kind of, they're kind of changing the lyrics, um, you know, this world, their world, our world. Like the kind of bringing everybody together. And then we have the kind of history lesson, um, yeah. you know, where we're told that the first the first man to set foot on the North Pole was Matthew Hansen. Um, you know, Squanto was the first person <laughs> to show the, um, you know, the, the pilgrims at Plymouth, uh, the secrets of survival. Um, you know, I think it's interesting because obviously, uh, you know, a couple of decades after this, you have Malcolm X. And I think Malcolm X had a slightly different opinion of what happened at Plymouth Rock. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, they talk about, you know, the soldier of Company G who won highest honours in World War One is, you know, uh, Sergeant S uh, Sing Lao Ki. Um, you know, we referenced for the second time Cesar Chavez. So yeah. obviously, yeah. you know, uh, the man who kind of invented blood banks was Dr. Charles Drew. Um, again, we mentioned Sacagawea. I feel like someone's kind of hammering the home the fact that Lewis yeah. and Clark basically were clueless. Um, and then we kind of talk about Garrett Morgan, um, you know, who invented the, uh, the stoplight and the gas mask, which are two kind of yeah. weird things. Uh, kind of a prominent uh, neurosurgeon, Harvey Williams Cushing, um, you know, uh, we, we, we kind of, we, we, again, we go back to Benjamin Benneker. Uh, we kind of talk about the founder of Chicago, which is John Baptiste. Um, you know, the organizers of the American Indian movement, uh, Dennis Banks. Um, you know, uh, the, the first, the first person who financed funds for Christopher Columbus, uh, was Jewish, uh, you know, Louis D. Santangelo. Um, and we finish just as the song kind of starts to go to a fade out with who was a woman who led countless slaves to freedom on the Underground Railroad. And they say Harriet Tubman, a black woman. And that's yeah. the final kind of like lyric we get. There's a little bit more as it fades out, but you can't really hear what they're saying. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, like I say, it's kind of a history lesson 
kind of disguised as a song. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this is obviously something that, you know, Gary Bird, along with Village Gettleland, you know, like he kind of came in and wrote these very kind of powerful lyrics for Stevie to sing. Now, I kind of agree with you. I feel like it does go just a, on a tiny bit too long. But I think the kind of charm of the final couple of minutes is just the fact that it is the kind of this woman who isn't identified on the album kind of asking the questions, you know, these very leading questions, you know, yeah. she knows the answer. Yeah. Um, and then the kind of response from what sounds like children. Yeah. Um, uh, and the kind of the statements that they make saying, you know, Dr. Charles Drew, a black man, like kind of yeah. making it clear that, you know, the, the kind of I mean, they also say Squanto, a red man, which is yeah. not something that I would. You know, obviously not Redman, the rapper, you know, although yeah. <laughs> uh, I find it interesting because I feel like if this song had been written uh, like 20 years later, they probably would have mentioned um, what's his face, uh, the doctor who's currently in the administration, who's very sleepy, um, oh, who like... was mentioned on the wire as being like an inspiration. And then now you're like, uh, I don't know, obviously brain surgery doesn't seem that difficult if this sleepy, half awake kind of, you know, misinformed idiot can, oh. can perform it. Um, it's, it just makes it seem less impressive, quite frankly. Mm. So, but, so it's like at least here he's mentioning, you know, it, people whose achievements are kind of undisputed, yeah. um, you know. And I, I think, you know, it, uh, like I say, it like for people who don't know about these people, it's 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 kind of interesting to find out, yeah. um, you know. And the fact that Stevie did kind of release this as it, you know the bicentennial was going on, and you know, it's, it, it that that in itself feels like it's a bit of a statement, like, oh yeah, you know. Making it clear that, obviously, you know, like, even though the country is being celebrated, it should be celebrated for everybody in the country. Yeah. And not just, you know, certain people. Um, yeah. Most of whom, by that point, obviously, you know, most of the kind of presidents all looked fairly similar. Yeah. Um, although Stevie managed to release a song that got one of them to resign, so... You know, kudos to Stevie. He, someone yeah. should have put Stevie Wonder in this. You know, who was the man who made Richard Nixon resign? Stevie Wonder, <laughs> a black man. Um, that would have been a great finish to the song. But, uh, you know, I feel Stevie was being humble on that particular matter. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I still kind of really enjoy the music that's on here. You know, like the addition of the horns is kind of an interesting element. Um, but because it is mostly about the the kind of delivery of the message, um, it feels like kind of the rest, like kind of the, you know, the most of the, the kind of the um, instrumentation is kind of like an afterthought, mm. um, you know, and the focus is kind of on the kind of the delivery of the message, um, you know. And uh, I think as well, kind of, uh, it's interesting because Village Ghetto Land was just Stevie and a synthesizer. And so it wasn't kind of as busy. Yeah. And so the message was kind of a lot a lot simpler and a lot easier to deliver. Whereas here it feels a bit busier. Yeah. Um, you know, so the message is still kind of clearly delivered. Uh, but like you say, I feel it goes on a couple of minutes too long. So for me, I would say probably only about a, I don't know, a five out of five. Okay. I still really like the song. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, but I, I think, I think the kind of final two minutes have a certain charm. Like the yeah. kind of the history lesson thing is kind of fun. Um, so I still kind of, I, th I think out of the, I think out of the four sides on this album, I think this kind of is the weakest of the four. Um, you know, um, although I, I don't know, side four is also kind of, I don't know, another star is just kind of delightfully stupid. So mm. I kind of like that song, but um you know i think that the kind of this song like you say it doesn't it feels more like gary bird should have just kind of wrote an essay yeah 
Um, but, you know, Stevie Wonder clearly wanted to cover a number of different subjects on this album, and, and I think this is kind of like you know, a noble effort. Yeah, look, I'm going to knock off a point, because it is too long. Like, I like the I like the bit at the end. I just think it should, like, a bit of editing would have pushed that sort of towards the middle of the song, or maybe move the song a little bit. Also, too, <laughs> talking about history lessons songs, it's kind of the political version of We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel. <laughs> it's probably less less egregious than that. <laughs> but, um, it's just yeah, and you're right about you're right about the tone too. It's really frenetic, as well. Like it's kind of just all over the place and kind of like uh, that might that might be the reason why I don't like it as much. But as I said, it's just it, the sentiment's there. You know the reason why he's doing it is the, the reason he's doing it for. It's just kind of the message now in 2019. It's like uh, I don't know if I'd say it that way. Plus, why would you leave Harriet Tubman to last? Like she was. Pretty like like you hear stories about it. She's pretty amazing. Why is she kind of the last person there instead of being higher up? You'd think why would she be an afterthought? I don't know. It's weird. I mean, he do- yeah. It's it's funny because yeah, he does he does mention. I mean, almost every other person that's mentioned before that, you know, the kind of the man who set foot on the North Pole and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. they are men. But I think again, that's in the same way that Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves because there were no black men who could free the slaves. Yeah. I think it's the same thing of like throughout history, most of the achievements have been done by black men. Not yeah. that there weren't many prominent great yeah. black women, yeah. but most of the history has been written by them because again, they were men. And, yeah. and so like, you know, Harriet Tubman and um, uh, Rosa Parks, I feel are the ones who will kind of always get prominent kind of placement. Yeah. I think it was harder for black women to kind of be leaders simply because of the way that it was harder for women to be leaders. Yeah. Overall, even yeah. white women. Yeah. You know, throughout history, there's a lot less of them that kind of get the same kind of prominence. You know, people will yeah. be like Marie Curie. And it's like, yes, but of course, Marie Curie, you know, achieved amazing things with her husband. Yeah. And I think her husband was why she got access to being able to do those things. Yeah. Um, you know, not that she wasn't a great scientist on, in her own right. Yeah. Um, but the, the problem was, of course, is basically the patriarchy. So, yeah. Yeah. you know. I I think he leaves Harriet Tubman for last as well because it feels like that's the like the finale is like yeah. you know who who like he's mentioned Abraham Lincoln so it feels like a balance to that is well you know without Harriet Tubman yeah it doesn't yeah. matter when Abraham Lincoln flees the slaves because without Harriet Tubman yeah you don't have you know hundreds of thousands of slaves thousands of slaves I'm not quite sure what the numbers were American history is not my you know my strong suit yeah. um but you don't you don't have kind of the basis of you know somebody who was freeing the slaves before they actually got freed yeah and the person who was doing that was a black woman yeah um you know the fact that a white man then signed the emancipation proclamation is yeah. neither here nor there really like you yeah. know whatever whatever president whichever white guy president it was who signed it they would have signed it yeah whereas harriet tubman's efforts were kind of you know yeah, uh, kind of a lot more impressive. Yeah. Um. So I feel like that's why she was kind of left to last. Is almost to balance out the mention of, um, you know, uh, Abraham Lincoln. Possibly, but look, let's not let two white guys decide if Harriet Tubman's important or not. <laughs> uh. Well, then let's go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug? Ah, uh, nothing for me, Darren. And you can find us on Twitter for this project at Stevie Boy Wonder. Thanks for being my guest here today, uh, Victor. Thanks, Darren. <laughs>